Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 58 of DN Discussion, the podcast for players and DMs alike, where we talk about a wide variety of topics to help you with your games. I'm your host, Ryan Reeder, and with me, as always, is my wonderful, amazing, perfect DM buddy, Ben Bumble. Oh, my. How you doing, Ben? Gosh, now we could just stop half the show. We don't need it anymore because everything's great. <laughs> everything's fine. better now. <laughs> Apparently, that that's all you need is just that. <laughs> oh my gosh! But hi, Ryan. I'm I'm doing hi. okay. How are you? I'm doing wonderfully. How are you? Uh, we'll talk about that. Good, good. Because uh, whenever you're having a problem, it's good to talk about it. Yes, I I definitely think so. So, uh, first of all, hey, we're back from the holiday break. I'm uh, excited to get back into the swing of things. And um, gosh, I guess, you know what? Let me introduce Let me just jump right in. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, first, well, first topic, I guess, is me. That's right. We're going to be talking about me and my insecurities today. <laughs> which is <laughs> Welcome fun. to D&D therapy session. Exactly. Um, so it, it, it's funny because, uh, but, you know, before we, we, uh, set up show notes and, and come up with ideas for the show ryan usually asks like hey you know any ideas for topics or you know i'll ask him if he hasn't asked me yet and you know we kind of go back and forth and play around with different things and you know that's how uh like he came up with the the monster fixer and we've talked about you know the the different uh races classes dragons you know just anything like that um one of the things that we pull from uh, like quite often actually is just our own experiences in our own games and, you know, I'm a big fan of, of talking about that stuff because it definitely helps kind of ground the discussion into our own experiences. We have unique perspectives since, you know, these things happen to both of us, you know, here and there and, and everything. And uh, when he asked if I had a topic, I basically said, hey, I'm having a very big issue with, uh, you know, uh, doubt in my abilities and kind of an imposter syndrome. and. He said, great, let's talk about it. And I, at first I'm like, <laughs> no, but uh, no, you know what? It, You're right. Talking about this stuff is actually a good thing to do. And, and like, this isn't just a, hey, we're going to make Ben feel good about himself episode because that's boring. But I do want to kind of talk about it because, you know, it is something that happens to all of us. I mean, um, you know, I'm I'm not at a level of like, say, a Matt Mercer or a Brennan or, you know, a Bria or B Dave or anybody like that. But I am at my own level of, of DMing. I am, you know, according to my group, at least talented. You know, I know what I'm doing. But sometimes you just have those little moments where you don't feel it. And a lot of what's driving it for me right now is the fact that uh, because of the move, um, I haven't run a game in about two months. And this is something where, you know, when the pandemic started, we were going, you know, every week. Then I needed a little break, so we started just doing every other week, and it was working out really well. So we're going, we're having fun. The last session that we had, um, if you've listened to the show, you know that uh, my group ran into some vampires. They've got uh, really good clues on where, like, the vampire lord may be, and that's where they're heading. And I know this. I know all that. I've got all this world building in my head. Everything's ready to go. Except I am terrified of playing on Saturday, thinking that I'm just going to ruin the game. You know, that I'm I'm not 
prepared enough, which I know everybody always has that feeling. And that's, I'm just going to forget some very important thing that I had planned or, or something. And, you know, just talking about it right now, I'm, I'm feeling like it's one of those moments where you try to plan for everything and you know, as a DM, that that's not the way to do stuff. It's, I think this is, this is a really, really timely topic because I've been having in some ways similar things, but for, for different reasons. Um, I've been go, go, go a ton this year and we've had all sorts of, uh, family stuff with, you know, some of our kids and, and whatnot. So that adds additional, uh, emotional bandwidth (laughs) and all sorts of uh, stuff like that. So I'm, I'm kind of, I'm getting close to the point and uh, I'll probably talk about this a little bit more, but I'm kind of um, getting my, my two campaigns that I run to a a, a good stopping point for a little bit because I'm taking the back half of December completely off. Mm -hmm. Like no, I'm, I'm doing no games, not as a player, not as a, not as a DM. Um, I'm just taking the whole back half of the month off to kind of rest, recharge, uh, just from it create, create a burnout. Yeah. It's, it's, it's that same sort of thing because that type of thing can give you those same sort of feelings of, uh, it, is this really going to be up to snuff? Like, am I really going to be able to put on a good enough show? Are people still going to have fun? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's certainly one of those things that I have suffered from myself as well. And as, as a DM, this is, it's, it's normal. First off, it is normal. Normalize talking about imposter syndrome. Yes. Burnout. Um, therapy, just in general, normalize therapy. Oh, yeah. Therapy is really good. So important. Uh, so important. Everybody um, should be seeing a therapist in my opinion. <laughs> Yeah, especially after the last few years that we've had. Yes. Like this is a lot lot of lot of emotional stress and burden has has gone around. But just for this specifically, and I know you mentioned a few big names, and I also guarantee you that Matt, Brennan, B Dave, Abria, all these people, they've had imposter syndrome too. Oh, definitely. They've had burnout too. Uh in fact, one of the cool coolest things is this uh, current season of Critical Role. They are actually taking the last week of the month off mm-hmm. every month for mental health, yeah, for wellness to help make sure that they don't burn out creatively and they don't have that that wear and tear. And I think that's an incredibly good idea. And I hope that that they help normalize that a little bit just for for their all their own well-being so i think that's a it's a good example to set because you do need to especially if you are doing a lot of different things or especially if you are playing super often yes it it is something that you need to make sure you build into your schedule and know your limits because the the worst things that can happen and this is this has happened to me uh, a few times is where you just have to be like, I just have had too much of a day. I just can't play or I can't mm-hmm. DM 
like today. I just can't. I'm, and then, then you feel even worse because you feel like you're letting all your people down yeah. and everything. And so that can feed into itself. So it's, it's one of those things where if that stuff is starting to happen, just know, okay, it's okay to take a break and it's okay to, to kind of talk to your people and say, you know, tell them what's up because hopefully, hopefully they will understand and they will be able to give that time and space that, that is needed. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's one of the great things about my group is that's, you know, we're all very close friends at this point. So, you know, all I need to do is just say, Hey, I'm feeling a little weird about doing this tonight and, uh, we're going to still go and, and everything, but, uh, there might be some, some stumbles here or there, but here's the thing. It's happened before where I've been like, Oh no, I forgot this thing happened. And you know, you have a little revision going on and, and stuff like that. It, it's, it's one of the things about, you know, running some sort of, of collective storytelling, which is one of the best things about D and D, you know, everybody's kind of in this together. And we've talked about having, uh, you know, like a safe space at the table, being able to trust each other. And it all comes back down to that. So, you know, if we go into it and I say, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm a little worried about this or, you know, I'm nervous or whatever. I mean, already I tweeted it out and one of my players just immediately said, it's going to be great. We're going to have a lot of fun. And I'm like, that feels better. You know, I talked to uh, a, a co-host on a different show who's in the game and she's like, Hey, it's going to be awesome. Talk to my sister who's playing and she agreed to, I mean, everybody's supporting me in this. Um, and like I said, I know I'm going to be fine, but still it's just that nervousness of, you know, forgetting something. And I know part of it is just because, because of the move and, you know, there's still stuff in boxes and I'm using like a digital map as opposed to the, the, the table and the camera and, you know, just, just different um, variables are happening, which, you know, shifts things. But one of the things that I need to remind myself, and if you're in this situation, remind yourself as well, is that if anything, Dungeons and Dragons is all about improv and rolling with it and taking things that you have no idea that are going to happen or that like surprise you and just roll on, keep going, adapt and everything's going to be fine. And I'm totally pep talking myself I, yeah. here. No, <laughs> and no, it's working is, really well. This is this is good. This is good. Um, so, and I don't I don't want to downplay player burnout because mm-hmm. burnout can happen to anybody. Definitely, just in general, just in general, burnout can happen to anybody. Um, there's probably less of a chance of a player being burned out unless it's by a specific character. Or if it's, you know, life, life can mix in a lot. Definitely. To, to burnout. So I, it, I don't want to downplay that because it can happen. Um, but I would probably say with reasonable certainty that DM burnout or DM imposter syndrome or DM doubt is probably a far more common thing than player versions of the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, especially if you never DM before, DMing's a lot of work. DMs put in a lot of work and time behind the scenes. And that's just beforehand. Like, during the session, they are literally creating everything. Mm-hmm. Everything but 
the characters that the other people in the game are playing. And so, and that's a lot of, that's a lot of brain power. That's a lot of work. And most DMs love doing, I love doing that. That is my bread and butter. I I think I enjoy DMing more than I enjoy playing as a, as a player character. Although I do, don't get me wrong. (laughs) If I had the time, I would, I would be player charactering it. Yes. Up. But if I have to choose, I will probably lean more towards the DM side mm-hmm. than the player side because I just love creating. I love improving. I love, uh, especially when the world is my own, I just have that much more attachment to it. Yeah. And so it's it's incredibly fun and fulfilling for me to do that. But so kind of setting that up, knowing this as a player there's a lot you can do to really help your DM out when they're having this imposter syndrome, when they're having this doubt, when they're not feeling a hundred percent, like the, the last, the last few games that I've run, I thought they've been pretty fun. I thought they've gone pretty well. People have seemed to have fun, but I know in my head, I'm not at a hundred percent like this. This was like a a 70% ryan game or 60 percent ryan game or an 80 percent ryan game and when you when i start to get that that point i go okay i know that i'm going to need some sort of break soon or something like that but just to kind of go back to what players can do a lot of times players will have lots of fun and everyone will have fun at the table but then no one actually talks about the fun they have directly. Yeah. Like, I think one of the best things players can do, uh, if you have fun, tell the DM you had fun. You like, you have no idea how much that means to the DM. And I, I feel like it's just, or at least most of the tables I've played at as a player, you don't see them afterwards necessarily saying much other than or you know good game or that was fun or whatever um give the dm direct feedback be like that was one of the coolest sessions ever or i really loved how this x y or z happened Mm -hmm. or something like that from a from a dm perspective getting that kind of feedback is amazing for them yeah, plus because I mean it helps it helps a lot. The the direct feedback is really good because it helps set things up for the future because if a DM knows, you know, that you enjoy something or that something worked out really well or, you know, maybe something that they improv turned into like, oh, that villain was amazing, they know that they can lean more towards that or move this session forward and it actually becomes a better session for everybody. For things like that, because I, I know when I run stuff like, you know, my players, they do have a lot of fun. They let me know, you know, hey, you know, it's we had a lot of fun. Thank you so much and, and, and everything. And it's great. You know, specific feedback helps move things forward, makes uh, people excited for things. And even more so, it helps us know, like, so you said DMing is a lot of prep work, you know, behind the scenes. And I would say that in all honesty, players see maybe 20% of that prep work. Like yep. They never know everything that's there because, you know, it's not their job to, it's the DM's job. 
So be a lot of stuff sometimes just doesn't happen. Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. There's, there's still this one attack that, that the, the demigod that I made, that was so cool. And I was really wanting to, to do it. Never happened. And I put a lot of effort into balancing and figuring this thing out. And, yeah, well, you know, we'll see if it ever comes up again somewhere else. But, uh, you know, who knows? But like that being said, if you're able to say, you know, the different things that they like, putting more prep into those sort of categories, those sort of things just means that you're going to enjoy the game better. The DM is going to be actually a lot happier because a lot of the work that they're doing is actually being seen and being shared. Yeah. And that's and there's, nice. And there's nothing wrong with constructive feedback. Mm hmm. Like, and I, I definitely have players that will talk about like, that was a good session or that, that was a lot of fun or this specific thing was fun. And I, I really appreciate, um, the players that do that and not, not to say that I don't have any, because I do have, uh, players that do that. Um, but this is just kind of more, a gen- if you're a player, uh, in general, uh, don't forget as you said, to tell the DM what you liked or what maybe didn't go as well as, as you planned, because mm-hmm. a DM might think that was, that was just, you know, that was amazing. That ran really well. And a player goes, this, this, maybe this felt slow or something like that. And you can go, okay, I wouldn't have known that. And it's fine because everyone had fun still. Yeah. But that's something you can tuck away then and go, okay, maybe the execution of XYZ didn't go off as well as I was thinking it in my head. So maybe I can rethink that. Or maybe I can do less of X, like puzzles just aren't working out in my game or something like that. Yeah. Maybe, and and it's taken players a while and you kind of see idling and they're just like, you know, maybe it would have been better if we could have done this or that or the other. And it's okay to have that constructive criticism. It Mm -hmm. really is because as a DM, we appreciate that because then we can take that back and make the game better, not only for us, but for them as well, because you want, you want to be doing the content your players enjoy. So when your players are actively saying, Oh, that was a really fun battle, or it was really cool how this worked out or something you'll know, oh, okay, this is the type of thing that was enjoyable. Maybe I can do a little more of this type of thing. Yeah, and one of the neat things about that is, is like just kind of going back to burnout or imposter syndrome, you know, and doubt and everything that goes along with that. When you share with your DM the things that you like and enjoy, it builds up their confidence, first of all. that That's an important thing. But even more so, it gets them excited about the game, too. And... Like, look, I'll tell you, I'm excited about my world and these plots and threads and everything that I've got going on. But if someone else comes and says, like, oh, this is great or this is neat or I like how you're doing this and stuff, it just reinvigorates that so much more. I mean, uh, gosh, to tell you the truth, it's like because we haven't played in so long, like my brainstorming of my world right now has kind of been put on hold just because, you know, I'm not in that world right now. So that might be another thing. I'm just kind of like nervous to step foot back into that. But knowing that, you know, the, the paladin has a quest that she knows about and she's, she's, she's actively looking forward and actually, you know, um, trying to, to, to move forward in it is something that excites me because I am very excited to see 
her reaction when it you know kind of comes to a close and, and see where the path leads um of course i was very lucky that you know three of my players actually were able to help me move so we were able to talk a little bit about some of the stuff um but you know it, it's just one of those things where you know bringing up things here and there and just you know communication which Gosh, you know, instead of DN discussions, we should have just said DN communication because we come back to that every single episode. <laughs> but I mean, what is the discussion other than just talking about stuff? Mm-hmm. And, you know, just already talking with you about this, I'm feeling so much better about myself and feeling less nervous, less like I'm in over my head over this. I mean, obviously, I'm creating this world. I know what's going on with it. I got this. But the thing is, is like, just looking back at it and just remembering all the excitement that my players have felt and and things that they've said has also helped too. So that just goes to show exactly what Ryan's saying of, you know, if you're a player just, and you're having fun, sing it to the world. Let everybody know. Yeah, no, that's, that's really good. I wanted to break out one of my, one of my favorite B Dave quotes because he, uh, one of the things he likes to say kind of on this topic is you're never going to be Matt Mercer. Mm-hmm. You're never going to be B Dave. You're never going to be Brennan Lee Mulligan, right? Um, they're never going to be you. Mm-hmm. They will never be able to run your table as well as you. will. Yeah. They will never be able to run your game <clears throat> as well as you will, because they have their own games and their own table that you could not run better than them. Exactly. Like you are, you are the best DM for your table. And it's just one of those things. You just got to get that in your head, make sure. And that's one of the biggest things about imposter syndrome is very much comparing yourself to others. Yeah. And it's, it is an easy trap to fall into. It really is, especially for the, the people that you see on these large actual play shows or these big podcasts or something like that in in some ways and as players too players please do not ever try and compare your dm to one of those yeah big dms that is literally one of the worst things that you can do like that that'll that'll really kick in the imposter syndrome like well, how come you're not doing can you, voices and accents for each individual character? Yeah. Or can you DM a little bit more like Matt Mercer? <laughs> and, no. and and Matt Matt will tell you no. He's he said multiple times, don't try to be like him. Because mm-hmm. again, you got everyone's got their own table and their own story. Matt Mercer could not tell the story that Ben Bumhofer is telling. Oh, definitely not. He couldn't. He couldn't. Uh, Brenly Mulligan could not tell the story that I'm telling. He couldn't. He tells incredible stories. Matt tells incredible stories. And Ryan tells incredible stories. We have our own incredible stories. Exactly. Right? And I, and so just keep that in mind. Uh, try not to compare yourself because as far as DM comparisons go, we're, we're in the apples to oranges yeah. type type range. In Every this case. single person has their own style. I mean, just as an example, if you've listened to plus five to hit, especially from the beginning, there's been um, 
multiple DMs through different story arcs, through different, you know, breaks and campaign settings and everything. Every single one is different. But you know what? Every single one of them is good in their own way. They all have their own strengths. They all have their own weaknesses. It's just how it goes. The thing as a player is is being able to go and jump into that session and have fun and contribute, you know, without being a jerk about it. Yeah. That's what it is. Because, again, as we've talked about before, Dungeons and Dragons is a collaborative storytelling game. And you're a guest in a world that the DM is creating. And you know what? As long as you're happy to be there and working with them, everybody's going to have a good time, which is kind of the point. Yeah. Uh, the point of a game is fun, mm-hmm. right? And so that's that's really, at the end of the day, what you want to shoot. And so as a DM, like removing the players a little bit, mm-hmm. as, as a DM, what are some of the things that you can do for yourself to help with doubt and imposter syndrome burnout? Um, one of the things I like to do, especially when I'm I'm feeling feeling that doubt or feeling that imposter syndrome is, and I don't know, this is why I, I encourage uh note write up or, or recap write up uh, for every campaign, whether you or another player does it, but it should be accessible um, by very, at the very least you uh, and ideally accessible to everyone to, to see, read and go back to go back to your old session notes as a DM and read through them and see all the cool stuff you've done. Sometimes it's great to just remind yourself, holy crap, look at all the cool things. <laughs> look at all the cool stories that we have told together. Look at all the shenanigans that my players got up to. Look at all the things I just had to pull out of my butt because my players did something ridiculous. Yeah. And it's all recorded there. And you can go back and read through all that. And a lot of times that will be really helpful to reinvigorate you and to kind of pound, uh, you know, pound home. I don't, that sounds really weird. Uh, kind of bring home. Drive, drive the point. There you go. Drive home. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Really, that's, that was the word I was looking for. Um, that can sometimes really drive home the point that you have told some amazing stories. You have been through some amazing things and you've done some really cool things together as a group. And so sometimes just reminding yourself of all that stuff can really be helpful to get you out of like a, a, a doubt or an imposter yeah or a funk that you're that you're in because it's just like we told all those stories i helped facilitate all these stories i can do it again yeah that that's actually a really great idea and as you're talking about that i'm like wow we have played a ton of sessions and like where we are now we're in the second arc of my campaign and in the first arc, some of the stuff that happened, the cities that were saved, the, the, the treaties that were brokered, the one round kill of a beholder, you know, things like that. It's like, oh, oh, man, that's right. You know what? We've come together for so long and so far. They've trusted me this long. 
They've enjoyed the trip. I definitely screwed with their minds when they fought a false Hydra, but they still trusted me after that. And uh, yeah, we're we're going on this journey together, and I'm really excited for this. I mean, that's another thing too. Think of those. Think of the big moments. All all campaigns have big moments. Like there are some. Like I can't tell you everything off the top of my head that happened in all the campaigns I've DM so far, but I can tell you like big moments from all of them mm-hmm. that everyone at the table is just like, whoa, or as a DM, you're just like, oh my goodness. Like, like when a, my party burned down a forest and used a revivify on a wolf to get it as a pet or <laughs> when they fought the <laughs> avatar of the blood God or when uh, they were in this giant raging uh, flash flood inside the mountains, or when uh, a barbarian naked punched a green dragon, <laughs> or, <laughs> or or when uh, a monk of mine stunned a black dragon for a round, and just just like. There's there's so many of the and I and I could go on and on like even from plus five, uh, the the knife fight under the cart between yes. <laughs> a gnome and a goblin where neither of them could hit each other while this much on. larger fight was going on outside just it always zoomed back into oh, those two just trying great to great moment oh, it was so funny and it was just it was just one of those things that. They neither of them did much, but we were just dying because of how ridiculous it was. And just moments like that, every campaign has them. Think back to those. What are the moments that you remember? And then and then lean on those and go, wow, this was awesome. We had such a good time. Like, Ben, what like what what are your big moments? The nerf fight in their newly acquired manner was pretty good. Gotta say, big fan yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, just you know, all those little random things. Um, just the <laughs> something that keeps coming back is uh, uh, our our uh, bard. She set a trap, caught a rabbit, but uh, you know she was asleep on her watch, and then the cleric let it go because you know it was a little innocent rabbit. That <laughs> she still brings it up and, and gives them crap about that. You know, it's just like that's how you think she's trying to make food. <laughs> And then it turns out, you know, he could just create food and water every single night. So it's like it's, it's a moot point. doesn't matter. Um, all the interplay of, of my players is just fun and how they've grown closer and together in, in all these journeys together has just been a ton of fun. They, they killed a demigod. That was fantastic. So much fun in that. They've journeyed far and wide and they hate travel. I do, too. So much. <laughs> They killed a green dragon and took its horde. Yes, which was surprising, and I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> so I'm happy that that happened. You know, there's just, there's stuff happened. I've got seeds in place for, you know, tons of other stuff. I've got, I can't talk about, like, two-thirds of the stuff that's going on behind the scenes and everything, which, you know, you know a little bit about. And, you know, it's it's neat. Um you know, something that I would recommend if, if you're, you know, feeling like kind of creatively drained, feeling like, you know, you have that imposter syndrome and stuff. Think about what you have prepared in your world already. Think about the, the plot lines that are in motion 
that your players don't know anything about. You know, that's like started reinvigorating me and knowing, hey, they've got stuff that they're doing, but I also know other stuff that's happening at the same time. You know, it's one of the reasons why when my cleric does a, um, you know, scries on his father, I know what's going on because so many things are in motion and it's working out to, you know, places where I might be, you know, a little unexpected to see what happens. There's other things I've got planned. And then on top of that, too, if you're still worried or, or trying to, to figure something out, I've got an exercise for you. Watch a movie, read a book, short story, something like that. Figure out how to incorporate some of the basic elements of that into your game. Just, just do that. Have fun with it. Um, I recently started playing Bioshock Infinite again. Guess what? I'm going to figure out how to put in tears to other dimensions into my game just just as a thought exercise you know something that you can do one of my put favorite in there. games it's it's great such oh, a so great good. game or you know uh there's a new monster the songbird that terrorizes a town and, and, and protects a little girl that's in a cave or something like that you know it's it's one of those things where just take something figure out a, a way to kind of just improv it in just really quick and you've got yourself a thought experiment and guess what it can build confidence just knowing that you have those building blocks you have all that in there you just need to rekindle it a little bit i think that's i think that's great and i also think that's a great segue into our next topic uh now that hopefully we're both feeling better a little more energized i'm feeling pretty good actually i'm I'm really looking forward to saturday (laughs) Good. I'm glad because you should be because it's going to be super awesome because I know things your players don't. And I know that there's (laughs) really cool stuff coming. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited for you to actually get there so that we can talk about it here. Oh, so looking forward Uh, to it. uh, What we're going to do, and maybe this will become a a tradition. I don't know. This is only like the second Christmas the podcast has been running. We're going to do a little... uh, Christmas one shot improv. Yeah. Like we did like we did last year. Um and just kind of kind of throw it out there and it's, since it's early if anyone wants to be brave enough to run whatever madness we think up then you know, you've got you've got time. You've got time. So Ben, yes. I'll let you pick the setting. Okay. So where's this where's this set? What's our what's our general general through line? So I had this this plot that we kind of talked about before that I just, you know, came up with. I'm not doing that because I like that Good. idea and I might be using that as just a, a fine a kind of side quest thing. Anyways. Excellent. So the the starting point is going to be a very large uh, manor of a rich family. Okay. Very large manor of a rich family. Okay. Um There's something wrong. Something, mm-hmm. something is something is amiss in the manner. Um, every time the, the, this manner houses a gaggle of children. In fact, this manner is now being used as an orphanage. Oh, okay. And so there are many, many children uh, in this in this uh, large manor orphanage that is. Uh, Paired over by a uh, older man and his wife. Uh, both are slightly portly and mm-hmm. uh, very good-natured. 
However, there's something wrong. Every time someone tries to bring in gifts for the children, they turn to coal the minute they walk in the door. Hmm. It's like a curse has been put on this house. That is, that's sad. That's, that's a very sad thing. So of course, um, your adventurers would be some of the older kids, uh, maybe 10 to 13 or so kind of put them in that age range. I would think, um, level wise, maybe one to three, something in there, you know, they're, they're, they're the older kids. They've been growing up on, on the stories that the, the older couple has been telling them about adventurers in the land. And they've kind of been, you know, mirroring and practicing and learning as they play, you know, kind of growing up with each other. So it's tasked to them as a surprise to the other kids. They're going to get to the bottom of this, of this curse. So the first step is they need to go and break into town hall to get the history of, of the manor to find out what happened, why it's no longer owned by a rich family, why it's actually an orphanage now. Yeah. And we, you could, you could even have a, uh, a library mm-hmm. in the manor that potentially you could find some old books or maybe even find a secret passage inside this library that leads to something slightly more sinister or something slightly a laboratory yeah something like that yeah it's got you know just various bubbling like liquids viscous stuff um concoctions that are in you know just various shapes and sizes of bottles there's a cauldron that has just residue in it you know nothing's currently cooking or anything in there Hmm. I like this. I like this. And so then maybe you you gather some information from town hall, from the library, and that points you to uh, maybe another building in town, maybe a shack in the hills or a cave in the hills or something. Uh, of course, this all takes place uh, around Christmas time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you can mix some holiday fun in it uh you can even start it out uh start out kind of your one shot with like holiday games or something that the children are playing uh aided by uh our jolly old couple yeah start off with the snowball fight yeah yeah start off with the snowball fight uh very simple rules for the snowball fight you could just uh give a snowball uh x amount to hit or something like that uh and then just (laughs) Have a have a little fun with it and and see what see what you can do with it. Um, but yeah, something something sinister, uh, building a cave, something in the hills, uh, and as the adventuring party, then you would go out and investigate these places. Uh, you could easily have encounters with uh, animated snowmen, mm-hmm. snow golems. Um, Perhaps winter wolves of some sort, uh, as the Anim- children must make their way. Animated uh, gingerbread men. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. The, uh, and until you find, uh, I don't know. These are going to be re- the, uh, Mr. Greenwich. <laughs> Didn't we do that last year? <laughs> did we? I think we did. 
he's back. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, so, or or so, Mr. Mr. Frost. Yeah, or, Mr., you know, Mr. Frost. He used Mr. to Frost. own the manor. Uh, mm. his, his family did until he was caught practicing witchcraft. <gasps> Gasp. Yes, and um, was kicked out of the house. Everything stripped of him and banished into the forest to die alone. But and they said it was going to be used as an orphanage. And yes. he didn't like that. So the last thing he did was curse the building so that there would be no joy found inside. Thus, any presents or toys that were being brought inside would turn to coal. To fuel a, his fiery rage. What a rotten dude. Totally. Oh, Total man. Trick. So, yeah. You could go and you could find, uh, maybe maybe fight through a few small encounters. Uh, remember, uh, this has high potential to be child friendly. Yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, nothing nothing too ridiculous. Uh, but I, I I really like um, I really like choices a lot, mm-hmm. and. When you finally get to Mr. Frost, uh, I think it should be one of those things where it's not just like, it's a fight. You must defeat Mr. Frost. Maybe you need to talk to Mr. Frost. Maybe you give Mr. Frost a gift and it melts his cold, cold heart. Maybe you do end up fighting, <laughs> fighting him and, and, you know, knocking him out or shattering him or you know whatever um type of thing but with this type of thing especially if it's christmas theme you want to leave leave some extra openings mm-hmm. for the redemption story right exactly uh to come back and take the curse off the house or if you defeat him maybe find something in his lair or cavern or house or whatever that will show you how to remove the curse uh, and go back and have so, a nice little wrap up. So you defeat him, you crack his icy skin, and you see that there's still a person underneath. You take him back to the manor and put him by the fire, and he starts feeling the warmth again of family. I like it. Yeah, if you can't reason with him, or you can't can't convince him, or you don't have something that that can. Uh, Maybe, ooh, ooh, maybe there are clues in the library and, and or the town hall if the players look or, or roll high enough investigation or something that could be clues to things that he cared about or that he loved. Mm-hmm. And so if the players can do something with some of that information and then bring him XYZ thing yeah. that he loved – like this certain fresh baked bread from this, you know, this thing or a pocket watch that he left inside the manor yes. that could then be a side quest to try and find before they go out. Uh, something that will, you know, help him change his his mood or his mind. Exactly. Uh, and as like a just a totally separate thing since, that since, if it happens, it happens. Since he was banished, he hasn't been able to have... Um, Miss Mullaney's uh, mold cider around this time. He hasn't been able to have that in years. So you bring a cup of that. 
Um, you, like you said, the, the, the bread from the bakery, um, the, the Christmas cookies that are always available in the, in the shop that, um, Mr. Jones gives away for free to the kids every year. Um, you know, just something along those lines, get that side quest going to, to help melt that heart before you even get there. Yeah. 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 Remember, not everything has to end in combat. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of a lot of things that can you can do that could be fun, puzzles, social situations, that type of thing. Uh, I mean, you always leave the option open, but you want to make sure that you're not pushing that option either and that your your players are very much aware. Hey, you found something. Maybe that'll maybe that'll help convince him yeah. to, to come back and, and take the curse off. Oh man, I want to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. There's oh. our Christmas. There's our our <clears throat> year two improv Christmas one shot. I like it. You if know, you run it. Let us know. <laughs> this one has orphans in it, so therefore it's already better as a Christmas story than the previous one. Yeah, that's how right. that works. Yep, that is. It's it's like a it's like the Christmas theme. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, it's okay to use tropes. Oh, of it course. Is. It is. In fact, sometimes they, they, they turn out to be some of the most fun things you can yeah. do. Or yeah. taking a trope and turning it on its side. Make it unexpected. Mm-hmm. That's even more fun. Yeah. Like, yeah. I honestly almost threw in that Mr. Frost was related to the, the jolly man in the orphanage. But that doesn't make sense. <gasps> it's a great sense. idea. But, well, it doesn't make sense, though, because, you know, it was taken from his family. So why would he be in there? So Maybe they were childhood friends. Maybe. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. That's good. That's good. And he hasn't seen him in years. Maybe maybe you bring the old man with you. Ooh, that would be fun. And they have a heart to heart. Yes. Over over some like alleged slight that no one can actually remember. Yes, exactly. Which turned his his heart frosty in the first place. Hmm. Oh yep. man, we could just keep going of, on this. <laughs> a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff you could do with this. But yeah, if uh, if you run it, let us know how it goes. Yeah. Or if you just take aspects of it, just let us know because I'm curious. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, well, if I end up yeah. using my other idea, you know what? I'll report on that and tell you how that goes. Please do. I I don't know because that that, that one sounded fun. That one sounded fun. So too. stupidly fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Well, there you go. There's uh, our main topics for tonight. Uh, I hope I hope it was helpful. I hope you enjoyed. Uh, I hope uh, <laughs> there's. I hope you be good to each other. Oh, look Borrow at that. Ben- Benism. Look at that. Yes. I must be doing something right if you're borrowing that. <laughs> I know it's a it's a good one. It's a good one. Uh, we wanted to we wanted to end on something a little more fun though. So uh, yeah, we have um, we have one episode left this year mm-hmm. that we're going to be doing, uh, and then we'll we'll be off for for Christmas and come back at you next year because there'll be a lot lot more D and D content, a lot more stuff that we're doing, lots more things to talk about. Um, but there are a few more things we wanted to hit before we left. Yes. Um, reminder, Strixhaven is coming out 
December 7th. Which I totally forgot about, so I'm so glad that you brought it up. Yes. It looks super interesting. I think I think this might be one of the first books that I don't have the content usable in my main campaign. Makes sense. It, it is very um, specialized. It's very specific. They, they actually even said some of the backgrounds are overpowered. Uh, compared to the stuff that's out right now, mm-hmm. just because they are kind of setting specific. There's some spells in there that are very strong um, that are kind of setting specific. Um, like there, It sounds like there's some really interesting stuff in there, though. Uh, and I, I think I would love to play through a Strixhaven campaign because it sounded like it's coming with like an adventure for years one, two, three, and four. Yeah. That you can play through in like, you know, 10 to 14 or 16 sessions. Um, you could get through all, all, uh, four of the years. So it's, it's, it's a fantasy that is very known to Mm -hmm. a lot of people. It's a fantasy that is very loved by a lot of people. There's just, something inherently cool about a magic school. <laughs> I mean, true. there is, I mean, who wouldn't have wanted to go to a magic school? Uh, so yeah, that's coming December 7th. Um, a lot of really interesting stuff in there. If you run a Strixhaven campaign, let us know. We'd love to love to hear about it. Cause I think that will be pretty unique. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, also, Community content shout out. This is one uh, that I got and I actually loved. I think it's especially near and dear to your heart. I would say it is because uh, I've been going through doing uh, a lot of my monster fixer stuff. We will inevitably have more uh, monster fixer segments that we do in the new year. Uh, but this one is from Ann Gregerson and it's called Bloody and Bruised the Monster Man. And this is new combat actions for the creatures in the Monster Mania. Yes. So uh, for those that don't know, bloodied, uh, specifically the term, was a 4E term, I believe. And yeah. it was basically an indication that the monster or person or whoever you were fighting was like at half health. So if a monster is bloodied, that means they're at half health. So what this supplement does is it adds in bloodied actions, basically things that happen when the monsters you are fighting hit half health. So it gives an example like Iron Golem. When bloodied at 105 health, so Iron Golem probably has 210 or so HP at at bloodied at 105 health, the Iron Golem has the following features. They recharge their poison breath immediately. Uh, when bloody, the golem doesn't work as optimally. Its speed is lowered by five feet and it can't take reactions. Uh, it gains a new ability called overheating while bloody. The golem overheats to maintain efficiency. Any creature that touches it or hits it with a melee attack within five feet takes some fire damage. Uh, if a gallon or more water is dumped on them, the trait's suppressed until the end of the next turn. <laughs> like when bloody, the golem's weapons deal an additional, additional fire damage because they're scalding and they're overheating, mm-hmm. but you can also dump water on them to kind of suppress that for a turn. And then like 
death throws arcane boom. A small arcane explosion happens when the golem falls to the ground. Each creature in a 10 foot radius of the golem, when it expires, takes force damage. So it's like it's it's cool things. And this is something I've been a huge advocate of for a long time, because, again, a lot of the especially earlier monsters and stuff are super generic and boring. Yeah. There's some that aren't, but there's a lot that are. And so things like this are super cool because it allows you to catch players off guard, mix up the fight a little bit, and make things more dynamic and more interesting. Not only for the players to deal with, but for you to run as the DM as well. So that's why I wanted to shout this one out because this one is super cool uh, and it covers all of the normal monster manual monsters and should be a a super fun addition uh, if you're looking to to spice up your combat a little. Yeah, and you know what? This is something I'm definitely going to be picking up. Just like, kind of scrolling through the uh, the preview that they have of it. Uh, just as an example, something as simple as a displacer beast. Uh, when it's bloodied, hey, guess what? It can disengage as a bonus action. Which I mean, it's a displacer beast. Kind of makes sense. Yeah. Uh, when it's bloodied, can't be knocked prone. That's a pretty big deal you know what and when it's first bloodied it makes a melee attack against the uh, a creature within range as a reaction because again it makes sense this is a beast that is i mean kind of intelligent but you know still like stuff happens it's gonna snap at you it's reacting based off of oh crap what is going on with me yeah this is really cool i'm i'm glad that you shared this because yeah it is it is a worthwhile thing Anything, anything in my mind that can spice up combat a little bit, mm-hmm. it's very good. Because that's that is, like I said, that's something that's very near and dear. Exactly, exactly. Well, speaking of near and dear to you, um, as we kind of talked about, as far as our sessions are going, I'm playing again on Saturday, so I'm excited about that even more so now after talking to you. Um, well, you can actually talk to us a little bit about what you think might happen. Or what you've got planned, because this doesn't come out till Monday. That's true. That's true. Um, so, okay. The <laughs> the party just ran into three vampire spawn, ended up killing them all. They've gotten information about who the, the first quote-unquote kidnapping was, but the dude came back. It turns out he wasn't actually kidnapped. So they have that information. Um, and they do know that his grandpa recently came to town you know, about the same time as his kidnapping. So they're kind of putting two and two together that his grandpa might be a vampire Lord of some sort. So uh, tomorrow in the daytime, they're going to go knock on the door and see what happens. So I really hope I am able to charm one of them. Uh, I've got two half elves, so he's not going for them. One of them is yeah, very he's smart. Vampires are smart. He's a, because she's a bard, which means uh, he might be going after the sorcerer, which the sorcerer can do a lot of damage. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. I, I, I really hope I get a charm off because that's going to make it so much more fun. Um, but yeah, I've got a, a, a three story mansion that they're, the whole thing's going to kind of take, take place in. So we're going to see what happens with that. I'm going to have or do my best to kind of have a lot of movement going on uh, just because I don't want to just, you know, Hey, stand here and then just fight and have everybody just not do anything. 
You know, I made a mansion. Let's see the whole mansion. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Plus, sometimes as a DM, you just got to show your stuff off. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, it's a it's a vampire manor. Vampires are known for having thralls. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm I'm super excited for this, and uh, it it hasn't really been a huge long time in the making, but it's been a side quest that uh, the whole reason it's in there is just because I thought, hey, wouldn't it be funny if Trademore had a vampire that lived here? And so just because plus of vampires that, are cool, yeah, exactly. So because of that, I just randomly threw one in and uh, made the story about people disappearing and this this uh, you know like local legend about the gentleman who would steal kids at night and. It just kind of grew from there, and I'm like, yeah, I'm really enjoying this, and I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with it. So, yeah. Um, what about you? Like, uh, were you able to play within the last uh, couple of weeks? I know that uh, the holiday happened and everything, so we've been a little busy. Yep, I, I have. I've been kind of um, planning, because uh, both the groups I DM have one more session mm-hmm. before um, before my, my little holiday break. Uh, one of them is this Saturday and the next, the, the next one is next Friday. Oh, and so I've been, uh, we're kind of, uh, both are kind of wrapping up arcs that have been ongoing Yeah, for the last, last several sessions. So I'm trying to get, I'm going to, my, my hope is to get them both at a point where, uh, it is wrapped kind of wrapped up but there's something more to look forward to Mm -hmm. if that makes sense um so my my one group is finishing up uh investigating the uh the outpost that is frozen you know buried in the ice from the crash um they've found a lot of super interesting stuff that they haven't really gotten a chance to to look at much left yet they're clearing out uh as many dangers as they can for the group of researchers and archaeologist type people that are coming in are going to be coming in after them. Um, and so that kind of thing, they opened the kind of central power core building. Uh, they figured out my, my rainbow puzzle, which was super fun. Basically they've been finding these little key type crystals all over the place, uh, in different different areas mm-hmm. um and i just did like a six thing so there was this kind of panel that had six slots and they've been picking up these different colored keys and they figured out the key should probably go in there and then they uh figured out that oh let's try the colors of the rainbow so they did the red orange green and orange, blue green Violet makes a rainbow. Okay, yeah, you, you, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. So they they got all the the colors in correctly first try. Good. Uh, so that was that was super cool. Um, they've also picked up a few of these little badges that seem to be kind of like security cards, mm-hmm. almost. Uh, unfortunately, they put them all on one person, oh. and so. They were able to, my, my ranger was able to walk into the door. She was just fine. But then two of the other, two out of the five of the other party joined and immediately the um, kind of control building 
released countermeasures. They didn't see them, of course. They're these tiny little uh, like drones almost mm-hmm. that attached to the other two's neck. They failed their saves, both of them. And their only thought was, we must protect the control center. <laughs> and so there was a little PvP, which was super fun. Uh, it was super unexpected, <laughs> I'm sure. And uh, the poor ranger was then trapped in the building uh, with the, the barbarian fighter outside who, thank goodness, did not step into the building because that would have been real bad. <laughs> yes. Uh, so they were able to they they exchanged some stuff. Uh, there are a few <laughs> high level slots used because I was just like, these people, they're invading. They're they're in the control center. They they need to be taken care of. Need to, <laughs> need to make sure they are gone. And they did such a good job. Like they played it really well. And it's it's super fun to have that type of thing every once in a while. So they got to do a little bit of PvP. Um, but they were able to get the uh, the stuff removed from their their necks. Uh, <laughs> and we ended the session with them just kind of catching a breather <laughs> after. Two of the party had tried to kill the other three. That's pretty uh, great. So that was that was super fun. Uh, so my guess is we'll probably wrap wrap most of that up this this next session and kind of start them along to the next next leg of their journey. So uh, I'm I'm excited to to kind of do that and and wrap that one that that arc up because it's been been a while coming and I'll probably get leveled from that. I to eight be level eight very cool uh so that'll be that'll be a fun yeah that'll be a fun level to get there's a a lot of stuff usually that comes from from level eight so yeah Yeah, i'm I'm really excited about that my other group that they just you know finished with the temple um and they they got some loot and they went back to the village and the villagers were incredibly incredibly happy for them and uh, one of them volunteered to lead them back to the town with one of the ports of this place, though, with the warnings that uh, they don't like outsiders much. <laughs> uh, so the, that party's going to have to figure out what they're going to do when they finally get there. But we've got uh, which which they'll most likely end up getting there, I think, uh by the end of this this next session, to, which kind of start them on a new path. Uh, but they had a very interesting first travel session where the wizard almost got washed away in a flash flood in the jungle from the river overflowing. Uh, and we found out that our monk can lasso trees super well. Oh, that's and, handy. Uh, she ended up saving the wizard. So that was that was good. Uh, it was a close call, but. Uh, she did not choose well in her choice of picking flowers uh, in the evening because the <laughs> it was super funny because it's like, what's just looking around? It's like, what's around? I'm just describing a few things. And uh, she ends up picking these highly scented, very nice scented uh, orange flowers. And the the Cobran, who's the the one that's leading them to this town, is just like. Those are usually bad news. You should get rid of them. She burns them in the fire. And the scent just goes everywhere. Oh, no. Which and the scent causes people to get sleepy and have a hard time waking up. 
because the scent drew uh, a corpse flower, corpse plant to them in the night. Oh, that's amazing. Uh, and it went after the monk to try and consume consumer because it eats people. Yeah. Um, so that was I hadn't gotten to break that one out before. That was fun. Uh, like spitting out like zombie corpses from the the big old pod blooms on it. And one of <laughs> one of our one of the party went down once and the he kept trying to grab the monk, but people were able to get woken up in time and were able to to kind of drive it off. Uh, and so it was it was eventful. It was a, an eventful eventful travel day. Uh, but they ended up at the swamp, which is the last leg of the journey uh, to get through that before the town. So we'll start there next session. Very cool. Yeah. Sounds like both a lot of, of them, fun too. Both of them have been a lot of fun. Yeah. I've really, really been enjoying them. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. And uh, you know what? I it, it sucks that you only have one more session of each, but also I understand the need for a break. And I'm very glad that you are doing self-care and uh, taking a break when you need one. Yep, that's the that's the most important thing is just make sure that you would you admit to yourself when you need to. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Because it's OK. Uh, and if your party is as good as they most likely are, they'll understand. Exactly. Well, I think that is it for this episode. Uh, thank you so much for listening, uh, especially uh, for a topic that's very near and dear to our hearts uh in a lot of ways literally one, right now <laughs> one that we've one that we have both struggled through or are currently <laughs> struggling through you're gonna do awesome it's gonna be great you guys I, are gonna have so much fun i have that Saturday. faith again so i i, I really good. do think so good um but before we go as always uh ben why don't you tell everyone where we can be you bet um, if you're looking for us, you can always uh, send us an email. Send those to dndiscussions at gmail.com. We'd love to hear about your sessions and things that are going on. Um, as well as, hey, if you end up uh, playing around with our one shot uh, that we kind of threw together, let us know. Let us know how things go. And uh, if you're able to, to melt that that heart or if you kill them or you know, whatever happens, you know, who knows? Um, but yeah, have fun with it. And uh, we hope that we hear from you on that. Uh, now, if you do have anything that is uh, more of a short form, you can always uh, send us a tweet. We are at DN Discussions. Now, if you're looking for Ryan specifically, he is at TBKZord, and I am at Ben Bumhofer. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. It's always great when we get a little notification that says, hey, someone's reaching out. So we appreciate that. Uh, now, if you want to hear our actual gaming, guess what? We have a surprise for you if you're new. Uh, if you're not new, it's not a surprise, but you can listen to us on plus five to hit. It is a persistent campaign. Uh, currently, we're going through Ryan with the Frostmaiden. And boy, howdy, was this last session fun. Uh, Ryan, once it's posted, I am excited for you to hear it since you weren't able to join us for it. Um, I know. I'm, I've got it. Oh, okay. I've got the audio. I've got the audio. Okay. I'm yeah. Just trying to find the time where I can listen to it and actually pay attention. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Take a listen so you know what you did. That's important. <laughs> I'm sure I was awesome. You actually were probably the most awesome person in the session that day. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. 
Yes, but uh, we do have that new episode coming out soon, so definitely check out Plus 5 to Hits, uh, where you can hear uh, myself and Ryan's uh, campaign, where we are both players. We have a lot of fun with that. Um, now, if there's anything else that you want to know about us or, uh, you know, possible topics that we've had before, guess what? This is episode 58, which means we've had 57 others. Uh, those, all those episodes are available on dndiscussions.com, of course, as well as your podcast player of choice. So if you want to listen to those, go for it. They're surprisingly relevant most of the time. So, hey, check it out. Cool. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Uh, I, that'll about wrap it up for us. Yeah. I oh. always... Oh, uh, what? Oh. If you have a nice thing that you want to say about us, leave us a review on whatever podcast player you listen to, because oh, yeah. it actually helps us out quite a bit. It does. We appreciate all those. Yeah. I never... I'm always... I've always been really bad at ending things. So, you know... Thanks, everybody. We really appreciate the support. We've seen several people uh, pinging us that we were like the top thing they were listening to on their Spotify list, which just absolutely floors us and warms our hearts. That is so much. Really cool. Because <laughs> this is this is something we don't we don't make any money off of this. We don't do anything like that. This is something we purely do for our own creative outlet. So thank you so much. Uh, it really really gives us all the feels <laughs> to hear that other people are, are listening and enjoying so thank you so much and as always we will see you next time yep and until then be good to each other and happy holidays everybody <laughs>